feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Morbius! <laughs> We were just singing that. Uh, what a day, Eric. So yeah, today we are reviewing Morbius. We're a little late, everyone. I apologize. But Eric and I did pay our own money and go see this when it came out yep. on the weekend. We supported uh, pure evil. We are part of the problem, I guess. But our morbidious curiosity got to us. <laughs> no, not good. Not good. <laughs> Uh, we're going to go full spoilers on this one because the movie's already been out for a weekend. Uh, the director and Sony decided to basically go full spoilers a week before the movie even came out for some reason. Was that after the premiere or was that like during, uh, like, did it open in Europe? Well, like, that was, why did wait, they do that? I, I don't know. Maybe it was, they were realizing the movie was, was coming out and they needed to do like damage control right away. <laughs> So the movie that they released is pretty awful uh, to the point oh where, God. like, I had a rough weekend uh, watching uh, a bunch of movies. For... Dude, you know, we saw one of the best movies of probably the year. Who knows? It's very early. But we just did a wonderful interview, which you guys can all check out very soon, if not right now, with Daniels. Or the Daniels. Uh, I think they like to go by Daniels from what I've been reading, but... You know, we didn't ask that question, but we interviewed uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinart uh, of Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I think, you know, if we get a better movie than that this year, I it's going to be a good year for movies. And then we got to see Morbius and The Bubble, which you guys can also check out our review of that, um, which so it was kind of a it was a tough, a tough weekend to get through these. Yeah, to the point where I saw Morbius on what was it Saturday night? And it was at 10, it was a 10 30, no 10 45 screening at landmark yeah. cinemas in Whippy. And watching the movie, I sat there completely and utterly stone faced, just oh, counting stoned. Okay. It's just stone face. <laughs> Would that have helped? Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Um, just thinking to myself, when is this going to be over? Why didn't I get a diet cherry Coke? you fucked up what i mean i was thinking oh it's really late i don't want to be up oh until right like two yeah. or three in the morning aren't you usually up that late anyway? i am no. I'm, a, I'm a bit of a night owl <laughs> a bit of a, a dracula myself uh, a bit of a morbius um <laughs> and then afterwards i just i i felt like crap and i was just like you know what you know i watch trash i'm gonna eat some trash went to mcdonald's was gonna get oh, an Oreo yeah. McFlurry, but oh, I saw that it. they had the uh, Cadbury uh, McCream flurry, and I was like, "This is the perfect way to end Cadbury the night." Cadbury cream egg, you got oh, creamed yeah. by and Morbius, it, and it wasn't, nice. and it was not good. Yes, so really, I, it wasn't. You know, I'm I not should have big... stuck with the Oreo. Is that a Canadian thing, or is that everywhere? But like I don't know. A, the Viewers... Cadbury. Chime in. The, the Cadbury cream egg, never been a fan. For one, why do you want a chocolate that looks like a gross egg in the middle? Like you got a yolk and then it's got the I kind of like the cream though white in the middle. Stuff. Like really, like, it's so sugary. At least I, I, I haven't I'm had a, it since I was me, a I'm kid. I'm a sugary trash boy. I'm a trash boy. You know that. <laughs> With like, a cinnamon toast crunch and all that kind of jazz. Oh, I got so. the cinnamon toast crunch cross um uh, Lucky Charms, which, you know, could I have easily just mixed those two cereals together in a bowl? I could have, but when I see a good collab, I need to buy it. So I haven't tried it yet, but um, I did have a couple bowls of CT Crunch, but um, I regular CT Crunch. Yeah, so I sat I, in the parking lot of McDonald's just 
eating this McFlurry <laughs> by myself <laughs> at 2 a.m. in the morning. Oh, yeah, because you went so late. I did the opposite, where I saw Morbius at 11.15 a.m. at Cineplex Queensway um, in Toronto. Nevis, uh, for some reason, came with me. God bless her. Um, she uh, was, I think, Morbiusly curious as well. It didn't work that time either. Um, you try and she sat there with me and, um, you know, people, some people have come out being like, everyone has a, you know, a hate boner for this movie. And we had it before it even came out that we were all going to rip on it before, which yes, we all were ripping on it. It, some of the memes and, and tweets were hilarious, but like Eric and I paid our own money for this so we could talk about it right now. And I didn't go in wanting to hate it. I just, you know, there's a track record there with the Sony characters of Spider-Man universe uh, limited. The Sony-verse. That, um, that with Venom and Venom 2, I'm like, I, I, what are they doing? So, you know, expectations were pretty low. And then it didn't even, you know, meet those very low expectations. It, Matt, it they don't know what Matt, they're though. doing. They don't yeah, so, know what they're doing. And like, it's clear when watching this movie yeah. that they have no idea what is going on with this film or what they're doing in terms of their own universe the characters outside of the, the MCU, MCU yeah. or it, like, it's just, so like we said, full spoilers. So let's just get into this it. Movie and it'll be sucks, but not really in the bad. way it should suck. If you get ah, my drift. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's just one of those movies where like you're watching it and it's it feels so ripped sh- out of 2003. Yeah. Four. It's so shoddily put together as well and incoherent in how it's structured. There are literally three introductions to Morbius. There's one at the beginning that is kind of like your Jurassic Park, arachnophobia, yeah. Costa Rica kind of sequence where you've seen it in the trailer that he's, you know, gathering these specific vampire Cuts bats that are kind of like piranha and bringing them back. And then it decides to flash back 25 years later to Greece when Morbius is a kid. And he's a bit of a prick when he's a kid because he calls his best friend Milo and is actually, uh, why does he keep that name for his whole life? Yeah, I know. It's like, I'm going to call you Milo. It's like, no, my name's Lucian. Like, and then he goes, like everyone just calls him Milo and he's going, guys, that's not my name. And then like everyone just calls him that for his adult life. And then we're introduced to Morbius again as an adult. So in the first, seen he's an adult and then in this third didn't become morbius in that first no no did not become morbius in the second no he was just gathering these bats for his kind of like mammal fish tank as he calls it sure um and then the lore building and then in the third scene which i think is the most jared leto moment of the movie where it's like he's he's winning the pulitzer for this synthetic blood that he's created to help millions of people he's there and then doesn't accept exactly and and he criticizes like that fucking makes sense yeah and so with those three introductions it feels like pick one of them pick one okay two use the use the one where they're when he's a kid but use that as the first scene or have a prologue that is like a oh the costa rica scene is totally unnecessary it's just they shot that shit and they're like i guess we got to use it but um, even 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 the Pulitzer thing, they didn't really need. They could have just gone with one or the other. You know, they could have I just totally had a agree. scene where he's at the hospital and saying like, "Oh, you know, like I I saw you on TV um, rejecting the Pulitzer Prize." And um, you know, from there, the story is basically for for people that don't know, Morbius is everyone a, listening to this knows. 
Spider-Man villain, specifically yeah. in the comic books, and the living um, vampire. The living vampire, and he is known to kind of be an adversary to Spider-Man and sometimes Blade. And um, I'm most familiar with him from the '90s animated uh, cartoon series where he kind of became the romantic love interest to um, Felicia Hardy. Um, uh, and and so like they kind of went off and did their own thing for a little bit as well. This is another origin story set up for what is going to presumably be a sinister six. Like they've been trying for the last 35 years. It yeah. seems like, and not only is this a bad superhero movie, it's just a bad genre film. Like it doesn't make any sense in its narrative structure. A lot of it is choppy and feels like there are multiple scenes either missing or, or versions of the film that would have fit better in certain scenes. Like even, you know, like a lot of people are talking about like, you know, in the trailers, there are whole sequences that aren't even in the movie, which is true. I mean, there's even one bit where Tyrese who plays this FBI agent talks about, you know, this synthetic blood saving his life and his arm. And there's like this cool, like sort of uh, brace that he's wearing. And doesn't he have like a robo arm in the comics or something? And yeah. And that's not even, that's not even shown or, or addressed in any capacity (laughs) whatsoever. Um, And then again, like to the character's motivations that you have this guy who has this rare, rare blood disease who has to literally get three blood transfusions a day and has been working on trying to find a cure. He's also trying to help his friend and his friend uh, in New York and in sort of the present day is played by Matt Smith. Jared Leto plays help my friend Milo. (laughs) Jared Leto plays Morbius. Um, At least Matt Smith looks like he's kind of having a good time. He's trying to, there's one scene that kind of feels like it fits in like the, you know tom hardy entering a lobster tank and biting into a lobster that kind of feels like that's where there's a little bit of personality in this movie but other than that you have a subpar superhero movie that is trying to emulate what the mcu is doing but it's so lazily put together and poorly thought out and chopped up and it kind of again feels like it's been put through a series of test screenings and audience editors and and, studio notes and all this kind of stuff that it just becomes this nonsense. (laughs) Like even at the beginning, like, you know, I don't even think the movie is, I do think it's really, really bad, but like, it's not like there venom and venom. Let there be carnage are also very bad, but I can understand why someone would buy into its bullshit. You know, like there is some fun there to be had. I just don't buy into it. I just think I would prefer Venom to be a Spider-Man villain and done properly and properly in my eyes. But there are, I understand the appeal of Tom Hardy's performance and the kind of love angle between him and Eddie and, and all that kind of stuff. Like I get why people buy into that where I just don't find there's anything here to buy into Jared Leto. Not interesting plot. Not interesting. Morbius. The look not interesting. The special effects look awful. The slow motion even worse. Like it's just this. What about the those last, ears, Matt? The, Oh my God, the gross little ears, dude. Like I, <laughs> Nevis kept laughing at me because every time they would show these weird ears, ears that had these weird like like things in them it almost like like, kind of like fuzzy almost like like when you're looking in like a stream or something and you see like those little fish 
those like minnows it, they were yeah. so gross dude and like and like i kept going ew <laughs> like every time they showed him it was the <laughs> grossest part of the movie and like i just you just sit there stone-faced and like you know you you have the odd time where you laugh at the movie but at least with venom and Ven- venom let there be carnage i like I, I remember being visibly frustrated after venom let there be carnage because i just thought that movie was nonsense but like at least you can kind of laugh at it and like, it was here, shorter too and it was so short um, and like, you know, everyone is kind of, you know, by bought into what that is where, you know, Jared Leto takes himself so seriously and like, he's just the worst and like, just a, I just the worst person. It's and like, obvious. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so bad. And, I think um, if he was playing his character from house of Gucci in this, it would be more Pimpius. interesting or, yeah. or adding, an accent or something, but he's so bland. It's, it's just, just kind like of like, this, I'm so cool kinda... and unaffected by everything. And I'm saving the world. He, he weirdly reminds me of Steven Seagal in terms of like sure. how he kind of plays things in like in a way that he's not giving the audience anything to root for. And like yeah. the funniest stuff in this movie for me is like, and it's an obvious nod as well to um, Nosferatu with, with the ship being the, uh, the Murnau, um, because it's the name of the director, uh, F.W. Murnau, and paying tribute to, to him. You know, 100 years, Nosferatu turned uh, this year. We did year. bring that up recently. And, and now so we get more We honor it with Morbius. <laughs> um, but the funniest title Here's card since the 355 is when Morbius is trying to come up with a cure to this disease that he has, and he's using or extracting a vampire bat uh, DNA and implementing it into this uh, this presumable cure is where you see the boat that he's on because he needs the funding from milo who's wealthy and they never really get into that international international water dude nevis laughs so hard like and i came back i went to the bathroom so i missed that i missed that moment and then i leaned over because he says international waters like he throws it into a line earlier in the we're gonna have to do this in international waters which which doesn't doesn't make make any sense because he even says that he doesn't care if he loses his license yeah it's so stupid and he has all the illegal bats like in his lab there's so much nonsense in this movie so nemis i went to the bathroom so i missed that title card there's another one that's great too that i'll bring up and i come back and i lean over to her and i go are they in international waters? And she started laughing and she's like, how do you know that? And I'm like, oh, he said it earlier. And when they're on the boat, I assumed, but that's so funny that there's an actual title card. The one I laughed at Eric for title cards is when they show a prison and then just say detention facility. And I'm like, <laughs> of course, of course it is. Like, why do you need a title card for that? It doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's like, are you like, do I don't know when you make a movie like this, I'm like, do they think people are that stupid? I guess if you're paying to see Morbius, maybe you are, but, and I'm not insulting anyone. Eric and I, uh, we paid for it. We're the suckers We're, in this case. Yeah. And I Literally. think most people are. And like that made me laugh. The incoherent final, uh, action set piece where I remember, I also turned to Nevis and I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? It's just a mish mash of like the fucking smeary painty kind of like, uh, echo location uh, echo location thing mixed with uh like um what's his name from x-men who used to pop around uh oh uh nightcrawler um, nightcrawler as well as like there's just shit flown everywhere and i'm like you can't even see what's happening right now and that's like, where that like, kind of like early 2000s aesthetic yeah, really comes yes. in like all this needed was disturbed and rob zombie on Saliva. the soundtrack <laughs> yeah i watched wrestlemania x8 it was wrestlemania weekend this past weekend and um that's why we're kind of a little bit late i didn't record on the weekend because i was watching a lot of wrestling it's the uh, lord's I watched- day <laughs> 
WrestleMania X8, which was in Toronto, um, and Saliva performed and Drowning Pool performed. So that's the kind of era I feel like we're in with this movie. And then you have people like Tyrese who, you know, there's a no offense to Tyrese, but he he's works one of the well worst in, like, police officers in a yeah. movie I've ever seen. Like, and he it's oh so bad. <laughs> he's great in Fast and the Furious because everyone in those movies suits those movies. Right. But then when you take them and put into other things, I'm like, I just can't. It's not working, dude. And then Al Madrigal, um, who plays Alberto Rodriguez, um, tries to bring some comedic relief to the movie. And like, I did laugh once or twice at some of his lines, but he just felt like I, I thought he was genuinely funny once or twice throughout it. But it was just such a weird addition, like these two guys just bumbling around. And I'm like, not really trying to like. I, I'm like, what is your purpose? It's like, the why? generic kind of yeah. like cops who are kind of like always two steps behind of figuring out what's going on or Jared Harris is phoning it in. Yeah. And he's um, barely in the movie as well as kind of this mentor to both Milo and, and Morbius. Um, and yeah, like you're just watching the film and you're thinking to yourself, like, I'm not against the concept of a, a, a horror movie based story in a comic book totally milieu i think that that's fine and and the one thing i did like about the movie which i was hoping that there would be a little bit more of was like Beus. just no um, no just like the the opening title no. like the like the more bs i was saying you were saying more so i went bs like more bs right no i don't want any more bs <laughs> in morbius there's plenty of that but that's i actually yeah. really liked the opening neon credit I did, but it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It kind of feels like it. I love the look. It's not on the poster. It's not on anything that comes up in the nineties. Like I don't get me wrong. Also, kind of like the neon thing. Um, like the at least the M. I like the neon M. That's what. Yeah, that's what I liked. And um, especially Matt. I want to steal that neon M, but I also but not from that movie. (laughs) Yeah, I also don't want to be associated with Morbius. Um. I agree with you there, but then the end credit sequence, like it just felt like it didn't fit the same movie. And that's where you kind of get this weird mismatch of like, you know, Matt Smith feels like he's in a completely different movie. Well, even how um, Matt Smith becomes a vampire as well. They don't show you a scene of him no. taking the formula or and, him turning it, it like, but he has that moment coming to the detention facility. Thank God they let us know. Yeah. And, um, and he has know, the moment where like afterwards it's like, he's, he's doing drinking little, blood out of his flask yeah. and he's doing his little like, makeover, uh, makeover. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's so silly. And like another classic thing, it's like the laziest thing is like, Oh, what will we have him fight? Oh, another Morbius. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, it's that, that's why it feels like not even phase one of Marvel. It feels like the shit we got, you know, even, negative zero of Marvel. Yeah. Like, between spider-man and x-men yeah like between that mid 2000s like before and after the spider-man trilogy and the x-men movies and before iron man you got that weird period where people were like superhero movies and like just threw out random janky ass kind of shit i mean this this makes spawn look like a masterwork (laughs) spawn has some personality at least even if it doesn't necessarily land um, and then, you know, we've, we've discussed it enough. Obviously we don't love the movie at all. Um, but the post credit scenes are some of the most egregious things I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> especially yeah. if you're a fan of, you know, the Spider-Man movies or the MCU. Um, it takes what is one of the best Spider-Man villains, one of the best MCU villains 
and one of the great actors, you know, Michael Keaton. I, I think he's great. I love Michael Keaton. And you take him and you just completely shit on it. And it's just like, so for, you might be listening to this because you didn't even see the movie and uh, you don't you care. You don't care. <laughs> um, the first post credits has Michael Keaton get it. You see the rip from uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. And then for some reason, we're, we're going to go deep onto this, maybe 10 more minutes of this podcast, but like some reason he gets ripped out of, um, out of you know, the MCU universe and placed into the Morbius universe, which is confirmed that it is the Venom verse. So these movies take place in the same universe. Okay, better food so, in this joint. And then that line, I'm like, what? <laughs> well, that's that scene the line? actually also reminded me, and I tweeted this um, of David Lynch's Lost Highway because in that movie, for pe- spoiler alert for people who haven't seen Lost Highway, there's a scene where Bill Pullman, who's accused of killing his wife, played by uh, Patricia Arquette, when it's actually, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Beretta. I'm, I'm, I, I, he, he's actually a real-life murderer. I'm forgetting his name now. Um, I'll remember it after. Oh, uh, Robert Blake. And so um, Bill Pullman is sent to prison and put into a jail cell, and then he transforms into Balthasar Getty. And that kind of was the the early prototype of of david lynch's flipping the script for mulholland drive but in that moment it's it reminded me of that because when um bill pullman goes from bill pullman to balthasar getty the police or the warden lets him out because they don't have this guy on record sure that's fine as a concept it just doesn't make any sense oh no like well, especially I, when the when when spider-man no way home established that everything was reversing and going back to normal and that like the whole idea is that if every if something is off it's gonna throw yeah so like venom, venom coming into the mcu makes sense because it's bringing in villains or people who know about spider-man yes maybe that venom didn't know about spider-man but because of the hive mind thing that they kind of established you can kind of buy into their bullshit on well that, also right? just eddie brock Where, is just kind of yeah, oblivious in general sure but like him being sucked in makes sense for you know, Adrian Toomes to get placed into the Venom universe. And I'm sure, you know, Sony or, you know, who the hell knows what they're going to do after this. Like, we'll try to explain that, but then, then you get more credits. More retconning. And then, yeah, you get more credits and then you get a scene that literally makes zero sense where you have Michael Morbius driving through, uh, like not the desert, but like, you know, a flatland kind of thing. It and, looks like a um, car commercial or a commercial for a watch for a Porsche. Or yeah, yeah. For, for Porsche. And then he I'm gets Jared out Leto, of the car and I only drive this kind of car. And then, uh, he gets out of the car and vulture appears in his full vulture suit, which, uh, sure. And then goes, uh, I don't know the exact thing he says, but it is one of the worst line deliveries. Eric, you said it sounded like an AI. It, it, it didn't sound, like, it, it either sounded like Michael Keaton recorded it like in the middle of like on his phone. On his, yeah. Doing the other closet. things or they took like an AI voice of Michael Keaton and added it in last minute because it's, you could tell he wasn't there because he had so the full stilted. helmet on. It's so stilted. And, the dialogue where like, I mean, it is arch to begin oh, with. Oh, he's like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm here, but I think it has something to do with Spider-Man. I think me like and you us. should, yeah, we should team up for some good. And you're like, what? What? First off, the worst line reading I've ever heard in my life. Um, second off, why the fuck would Morbius even take this guy's call for one? I guess he doesn't know he's a bad guy or. Well, how did he two, get in touch with them to begin with? I guess another. Yeah. Thing. Two. 
um, why would Morbius care about Spider-Man at all at this point? We've just spent a whole movie establishing that he's an anti-hero and that he doesn't necessarily like his thirst for blood and doesn't want to kill innocent people and that he would prefer to drink this artificial blood, but then wanted to stop Milo who was doing bad shit is just like, why then have one of your villains who, you know, I think was one of the best because we could kind of see where he was coming from, but still did pretty bad things, killed people like went after a teenager, like all, like some very bad stuff. And then he has a, you know, even at the end of, uh, homecoming which is the last time we saw him is like oh he knows spider-man's identity i guess now would it be that he doesn't know peter parker's identity because of what happened right but right. he would know spider-man had something to do with everything from the events of homecoming but then why would morbius give a shit like i just like it seems like they're setting up a sinister six which whether that has venom and morbius and craven like, in this, and if you're setting up this is the problem with all of these like villain movies is like you can't make them villains right like you have to make them somewhat likable even if it doesn't accomplish that you're still making them an anti-hero so they might do bad things but ultimately they are going to make the right decision because you just can't have venom biting people's heads off and being horrible and then just that's the end of the movie and then for some reason you can't do that i would love if you did like you know, you saw say what you want about um, Joker, but like at least it committed to him, you know, not not being so great by the end of it. And like, but it also used mental illness specifically. I agree to with make that. You more sympathetic towards. The I agree. Character. I'm not saying it's perfect, but the, they at least what I mean is by staying true that they are a villain. The way they went about right. that, not great. Um, so yes, we can't win in either situation, but. Whoever um, wins, Jared Leto loses. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I guess he has played Joker as well, but I don't and know. That's dude. the like, other thing as well. Like thinking about like, like he's done these sort of like post credit redos for both, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League and now this. And it's just like you're watching. Oh, and also like his his method acting of like, you know, yeah. walking with crutches. It's just like, dude, give it Get up. Over yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like you're you're not hot shit. Like it's just like. I don't know. I mean, every time I I hear something about Jared Leto or, you know, watch one of his performances, I just like, I don't understand how he keeps getting hired and how sometimes good filmmakers are interested in using him. You know, um, I, I don't know why the David Finchers and the Darren Aronofsky's and, you know, the Denis Villeneuve's and, you know, the late Jean-Marc Ballet were all like, okay, like, you know, this guy has something. It's like, he's, He's just such a a sleazy cheapskate of an actor, and like watching this, he brings nothing to the table as Morbius. I don't. I like Morbius, the cartoon character from the '90s show, but I don't want to see him again in any capacity, whether it be a sequel to Morbius or as Sinister Six. I'm I'm fast. I guess I am morbidly or morbidly curious or however you put it to see like what they're going to do with craven even though i was kind of looking forward to craven but now i'm like i don't know about that anymore so yeah i feel you on that dude i'm sorry i'm trying to reconnect my headphones they came undone one sec <laughs> um, 
There we go. I mean, that's still um, more interesting than anything. That I missed a lot of that, but like, I, I missed a lot of what you were just saying. So I hope I don't repeat it. But like, I just, yeah, I, I, I makes me not excited for uh, Craven as well. And like, I love the cast that they're putting together. But someone made a good point of being like, well, there was a great cast for Venom and Venom Two, and that didn't really work out. And then I wouldn't say on paper that this cast was you know, had me going, Oh shit, this is going to be good. But like with Craven, at least the people that they have involved, the director, I like a bit more than both, um, uh, Espinoza and, um, you know, Andy circus and, and Daniel Espinoza too. Like he's such like, he kind of came to fame with, with easy money and, and him and Joel Kinnaman at the same time. And he's done a lot of stuff like, you know, safe house, safe with house Ryan Reynolds yeah. and, and just some of the most generic middle of the road studio movies that as soon as you're finished watching them, you completely forget. Yeah. With child 44 life. Like, yeah, I, I agree. So <clears throat> this just post credits, just it, it upsets me as a fan of the MCU and, you know, a fan of Michael Keaton, a fan of that character that you would have hoped that got brought back into the MCU at some point. But I guess now, they're probably done with that character and with how they're going to move forward with, you know, Peter Parker and, and, and Spider-Man in the MCU that maybe they're like, yeah, take him back, do whatever you want with him. Um, even if they didn't know exactly what they were going to do. Cause I'm sure still the people at Marvel studios are like, Jesus Christ. No, <laughs> Kevin Feige is like, guys, what are you doing? And like, um, even if they're not, if they don't have plans for him, because like, it's just still, it's everything is connected technically. And like, it's just, it makes up for this thing that you're like, are we going to get some weird sinister six? Like they said that there is a Spider-Man in this universe, which is why he would bring up Spider-Man. So what are their plans there? Like my theory is that it will either be Andrew Garfield and that's how you bring him back into the fray. Cause people really did like him in no way home. And if he's interested in returning to the character, maybe you have venom and, craven and morbius and now uh, vulture all be part of that rogues gallery or whatever the hell you're going to do with andrew garfield's spider-man or it's going to be another tom holland spider-man but just a variant version where we'll have the mcu version and then you'll have a tom holland sony spider-man but he'll be dressed in acts like emo spider-man from spider-man sure yeah, I hope so. So it's just weird all around and just it it feels so uh like shoved in there and feels like it has nothing to do with the movie and it absolutely makes zero sense with what we just saw throughout the entire thing. And it just feels like, you know, the frustrating thing of like not really having a plan of what you want to do or make sure that it makes sense. But they're like, oh, we do want these things to connect and we do want these villains to team up. So let's just throw this scene in there and we'll figure it out. <laughs> and, like, and that's the you? whole movie, though. Like, like it does feel like somebody in like an editing class presented this project. It's like we have these scenes from this movie. Whoever makes the most coherent or best cut will use for the film. And even this cut, which is the, the movie that is being screened, you know, if you've seen enough genre movies, if you've seen enough superhero movies, you can kind of piece it together. But it still feels so choppily sort of put together in a way that doesn't really ever 
feel like it's a movie. Like it doesn't, it does, it just kind of feels like you're just watching. And like, guess what felt the exact same? Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it truly it's does. just, it's like maybe there's a common denominator there. I don't know, but like, it's just, yeah. Um, I don't know, dude. It's bad. I'm going to get, I'm being generous with a one and a half, but that was only because. I saw a movie that I thought, yeah, <laughs> that I thought was worse. So, I mean, if you want to just hear us being negative, uh, uh, Nancy's this whole weekend, go listen to our review of the bubble. Eric, sorry, what was your score? I'm also giving uh, it one and a half. And the only reason I'm giving it th- that extra half isn't even necessarily because Michael Keaton's in the movie. It's because I saw Judd Apatow's the bubble. And that truly is a steaming pile. It of made shit. me that movie. Go listen to our review. I'm sure we, we will go into detail on that as well and um that movie movie made me rethink everything where i went on my letterbox i'm like i can't rate this this low anymore not low but like i gave it an okay rating i went back to drive my car eric and i was like i gotta bump this up like one and a half more stars because i'm like it is an insult that i gave it only a three because like i enjoy drive my car i've been thinking about it more it's a beautiful movie um just didn't connect with me on every level but like I I felt bad that I gave it. You a should. Three you at, should at after first. watching the bubble. And then and then I watched the bubble. I'm like I'm rethinking every rating I've ever given because like I have to give this movie a one and I have to bump every other movie up one star because it's not as bad as this. Anyways, go listen to our review of the bubble. Uh, Morbius gets a 1.5 from me and a 1.5 for Eric, which ties it with Venom. Let there be carnage for me of the lowest rated. Uh, spider-man movie i guess and i don't know which one i i I would take let there be carnage i think over morbius so i think this would be the lowest for me yeah Um, i i I mean i I think the first venom's not great either like no neither do i but like it's i would take either of those movies i think over this yeah that's true and i like tom hardy a lot more as an actor anyways than jared leto and i think jared leto is the x factor in this um god he sucks (laughs) he's the worst um thank you all for listening or watching um if you like this like i said we have a review up for the bubble right now which i'm sorry we hate being negative guys but like sometimes you gotta you gotta be true to yourself and true to the movie um also check out our review of everything everywhere all All at once uh which we absolutely love so go listen to us get really animated and excited about something we really really love so please go check out that review check that movie out i'm just gonna plug that movie uh april 8th when it comes out and i'm plugging that because we also have interviews up uh right now um with uh the daniels which you guys can check that out and eric you also did an interview too yeah with uh ki hui kwan um who for a lot of people that grew up in the 80s and early 90s watching movies like The Goonies and uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom will recognize him uh, or would recognize uh, his work as a child actor. And now he's back in this amazing uh, performance as both um, a supportive husband, but also a kick-ass you know, time traveling variants. Uh, so and good. it is such a great performance. Uh, a lovely man to talk to um so kind and and generous with his time and and again like i think honestly michelle yo and and key are are giving two of the best performances of the year and i know it's still early and and the movie itself i think is uh truly one of the 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 best movie going experiences in quite some time so agreed so go check that out eric did a great job go support that um 
I think that's it, everyone. As always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and a one-stop shop over on Letterboxd at untitled underscore movies. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. I'm just going to eat another McFlurry and cry. (laughs) 